Welcome to the Boss Bitch and a Baby podcast, where I talk all things life, baby making as a single woman, business, and more with my no bullshit, no sugar coating take on all of it. I say fuck a lot and live to empower you to give the finger to societal norms. I'm your host, Katie Seller, and if you love cursing, coffee, and being bold, not basic, you're in the right place. Now, are you ready, babe? Let's fucking do this. Hello, hello. It's Wednesday, and if you noticed, I skipped a, a couple. Um, I was out of town. That is why. Um, and it was kind of a, like, spur-of-the-moment decision um, in finding out that I wouldn't have to be on any meds, and I had no appointments. I took off to California. I got to go to a Dodger game, which... I almost cried being there. I was so fucking excited. Um, I will also say that I much prefer the stadium in the social distancing mode um, because it was fucking great. The closest person to you in your seats was like a row ahead or behind you. And then like six seats or so to the right or the left. So like people weren't super close, which was great. I loved it because I don't like people that much. So it was really fucking cool. Um, Not to mention, it also took us like two minutes to get food when normally like standing in line takes four fucking ever. So that was rad. Um, And literally just being back there like, ugh, I literally could have cried. We also won. It was great. Um, But the main reason why I went, it was actually because my grandma turned 90 on that Saturday and they were having a little party for her which I wanted to be at so badly. Um, the nice thing about like every, most of the people there being older is that like 95% of them were fucking vaccinated, <laughs> which was cool um, because obviously I can't chance getting sick um, and I have obviously not gotten vaccinated yet because of all the meds I'm on and all of those things. So, you know, I still take precautions. I wear my mask when I am out and near anybody um, unless of course, like we're eating or whatever. Um, but yeah, I still take my precautions cause I can't chance getting sick. Um, but yeah, so super fucking exciting news. Frozen embryo transfer cycle is here. It's here. It's fucking here. Um, <laughs> I know it felt like it fucking took forever, like to get here. You know, I was frustrated about, um, having to have surgery. I was just frustrated. I felt like things kept getting pushed back and it's finally here. Um, and I'm so damn excited. So I actually started, sorry if that just made noise, trying to move this mic. Um, I actually started my period when I was in California, which I figured would happen. So I had talked to my nurse about it prior, um, and took my birth control with me. That way I could start on period day one that would allow them to control my cycle. And again, I will say this a million times, It sounds counterproductive as fuck to take birth control when you're trying to get knocked the fuck up. I know it's so weird. However, what it does is it allows them to control your cycle. So it puts you on their schedule. They like know that you're on birth control and then basically plan around it and like give you like a day of like, hey, this is your last day of birth control. So then they're like your start date is basically different. Uh, So, yeah, we did that. I did my baseline last Friday. Um, and well, Friday, a few days ago. <laughs> and, um, then she called post appointment like normal and asked me to come in on Monday for a saline ultrasound, which I was a little bummed and frustrated about because I was told that I didn't need it. However, they said that under the assumption that the other doctor who did my surgery, who's not in this practice, he's an OBGYN. Well, actually now he only does, um, the obstetrics. So, or yeah, that's what it is. Um, he only does that, but Normally, like when she does the surgery, she always looks in the uterus also to basically make sure that there's nothing in there that needs to come out and that everything is good to go. Apparently, he didn't do that. (laughs) Thanks, Doc. Um, (laughs) Because that would have saved me the pain I went through on Monday. Yeah. So he didn't do that because she's like, I'm looking at these pictures and I only see your ovaries. I'm like, cool. Fucking wonderful. So that was painful. Um, I laid there and figured out fucking birth breaths because I was like, (sighs) like deep fucking breaths because this shit is 
not fun. Um, I don't know if it's the like injecting things into your uterus. That's the worst part. Um, apparently also found out that my uterus is actually pretty fucking tilted. And so she said, she's like, I have to actually like move it every time, which is a whole other thing that she thinks that, um, likely two days before my transfer, my doctor will probably have me go in and she'll put a little stitch in my uterus that she can basically grab onto and pull my uterus over my, the opening to my uterus. Um, that way she can get control because the way that the girl does it normally with these other things, it causes my uterus to contract downward, which obviously we don't want because we don't want that little frozen baby going anywhere. So she might do that like two days around, which is or before, which is weird. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. Everything is fucking confusing in all of this. But um, so I laid there. It was fucking painful. I was like grabbing the table, breathing like a fucking crazy person. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, she's like, well, the balloon's gone, which I guess is to like help expand it, whatever. And I was like, OK. And she's like, so the cramping should go down. It did, thankfully. Like, you could still feel it, obviously. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait a minute. Is that my uterus? Because <laughs> luckily, most of the exam rooms have a connected TV, too, which if you've seen, I, I usually um, record my ultrasounds. And I probably could have recorded this one. I, I don't know. During some of the pains when I grabbed the table, it would have been probably shitty. But um, <laughs> I'm like, is that my uterus? She's like, yes, it is. I'm like, what the fuck? First of all, it is way smaller than you think it is. Like, I don't know. You imagine like a watermelon sized uterus because eventually it's going to have a big ass fucking baby in there. No, mm -mm, no, it is. It is very tiny. It is weird. Um, obviously it expands, but like fucking weird. Anywho. <laughs> and then I'm also sitting there and I'm like, uh, is that the saline? And I'm literally basically watching saline swirl around my uterus. And it was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Aside from the pictures of my fucking ovaries, like that's still extra weird. But yeah, so that was crazy. Um, I also got to ask her some questions. Like I had a list of just things of like in talking to other people, um, some like supplement things that I wanted to verify on if I should be taking it or not. Um, and yeah, we just got to kind of like chit chat with like the actual like nurse. Cause usually it's just the x-ray tech. Um, so it was nice to actually like sit with the, the nurse and like talk with her about all of this stuff. Um, uh, obviously like it's not the doctor, but she knows obviously a lot more. So that was really cool to just kind of like get a moment to like ask her all of these things. And so then she's like, well, we actually got your ERA results, which is the, the recept receptiva test, which is what they do during the mock. They take that biopsy and then test it to find out if the timing is right and, or you need more or less time on the drugs. Um, and so she was like, well, get dressed, meet me outside. I'll, I'll go grab those for you and make you a copy. Cause I said, oh, I would definitely like a copy of those. Um, and so I met her outside and she's like, you're perfect. I'm like, no fucking way. And she told me that, yeah, my results were receptive, which mean, and you could be post or post or pre-receptive or receptive. Receptive is you're right on time. Post means you need more time. Pre means you need less time on the drugs. Um, and so receptive means the timing for, um, of the meds for my mock was perfect, um, for the actual transfer. So basically what it says is that, um, 161 hours, 161 plus or minus three hours. So, um, in that little time window of six hours is after the trigger shot is when we should transfer the embryo. So that's like the optimum time to put the little frozen baby in, uh, which was exciting. Like, I don't know. Again, this is so the weirdest thing is like, this is the most I've ever wanted to be normal is through IVF. Like, <laughs> I want my embryos to be normal. I want my uterus to be normal. I want my like timing to be normal. All these things. And in life, I'm like, fuck normal. <laughs> but now I'm like, please be normal. Um, so that was exciting, you know? And then also on top of that, she said my uterus looks perfect. Um, there was nothing in there that would prevent us from tra uh, transferring. And I literally... <laughs> They're all used to me by now. Like my doctor follows me on Instagram. I think the clinic does too. And she knows very like well about my language and things. She even told the doctor who did my surgery and he was like, she showed me your Instagram. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so like they're, they're aware, but I'm like, even if there's other people in there, obviously I don't really like censor myself, but I said, holy shit. I was like, so my body's actually working how it should be like, wow, that 
is so fucking exciting and also just like damn like yes i will fucking take it uh i didn't pay attention if there was anybody else in the office but sorry not sorry uh so i started letrozole on monday um which letrozole is the um it improves the thickness of my endometrium endometrin endometrium whatever and endometrial thickness and it thickens that which I think is the lining of my uterus. Um, can we get simple words? Uh, but I take that until Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, I start Gonal F shots again. Um, I think, I don't have my calendar from you, but I think it's 50 units each day, um, which is a little higher than the mock transfer. I think I started at 37.5 and then up to 50. So um, I don't know what, that means maybe just to make sure because the other one was a mock. I think this one, uh, just make sure that like my lining is a little bit thicker. Um, and my, although you don't need your eggs for this, um, producing good, healthy eggs also thickens your lining. Um, because it's basically like your, it's your eggs are telling your body, Hey, get ready for baby because here comes an egg <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> I just had a weird, like, picture in my head of like a cartoon of that like this is how we teach people because let's be honest fucking sex ed these days not even these days i don't know what they're teaching these days but when we had sex ed it was fucking stupid they tried to like preach abstinence and they didn't really even tell you like i've talked about this before but if you have sex you get pregnant if you have sex you get pregnant that's not how it fucking works but i literally just had like a a flash of like a cartoon of an egg like talking to the uterus <laughs> I might be losing it. <laughs> this is IVF, folks. Um, <laughs> but so I do the gonal F shots uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then I go back Monday for another ultrasound and blood work per usual. Um, and it's just like so fucking close now, which is crazy. I'm going to open my calendar. If you hear the clicking, that's me looking. So the approximate date is the 28th, which is, I mean, and I still think it'll be earlier. Um, just because of timing wise for my mock, I believe it'll probably be that week prior, but still that's two weeks away and two weeks away. I could have a little babe inside of me. And I mean, obviously you can't test for a little while after that, but like still babe on board, um, it's like two weeks away, which is so crazy. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't think I would cry this fucking episode. Jesus. Um, I'm just so ready. So ready. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> not be crying. I swear, if I cry every episode, I'm changing the name to like emotional bitch and a baby. <laughs> As if, oh, now I snorted. As if that's not already me. Like, if you know me, if you follow me, you know I cry like everything already. So these hormones and drugs just make it fucking worse. Um, someone did say that they like got a little less emotional and I was like, can I get that protocol? Like whatever she's on, can I have that? Because whatever makes me cry less would be so cool. <laughs> I posted a thing on TikTok. This is, I'm, this is, I'm now, I'm just fucking going sideways, but I posted it on TikTok. I haven't posted it on Instagram yet. Cause you have to, I think I have to put it as IGTV and I don't really fucking love that. It's just cause it's long, but I was like, my heart is too, I was, I literally was crying. I was watching, I think it was Earth at Night on Apple TV Plus, which is fucking amazing. Um, and I was crying over a lion. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. She uh, had to go hunt, obviously, and left her three baby cubs by themselves, which is odd because she also had teenage children. And I'm like, well, why can't your fucking teenage children watch the tiny babies? Okay, so she leaves them in the middle of nowhere and goes to hunt. Comes back, can't fucking find them. Mind you, this is before, like, this is before IVF meds. So, God, I, like, I, now I literally turn, I have turned off so many of these episodes because I just can't. I can't. Um, She can't find them. And immediately I'm like, oh, my God, they're dead. Which makes me panic. <laughs> this is so stupid. It makes me panic. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what if she doesn't find them? Like, holy fuck. And so then she spends three days searching, can't find them. And I am like full blown anxiety. 
watching this fucking show. And day three, yeah, day three, she finds them alive. I start sobbing, like, can't breathe. (laughs) Can't breathe. Fucking crying because I'm so happy that this fucking lion. (laughs) I'm so fucking happy that this lion found her cubs losing my shit. Like, I understand the circle of life. I get it. That's how it works. And what's weird is I've watched it and like, I'll watch a lion kill like a full grown antelope. And I'm like, you know what? It's fine. They have to eat. But if I see a fucking hyena come for a lion cub, I'm going to lose my shit. Like, or a, was it a hyena? Tiger? Lion? Something came for like a tiny elephant or tried until the herd fucking stepped up and was like, no, bitch. I was like in panic mode again. And I literally, I had to turn it off because I just can't. In the video I posted, I was like, I think my heart is too pure for this world. Like, in the fact that, like, I watch this and I sob and I'm panicked for these tiny animals. And, like, it's circle of life. And it's, fuck. Anywho, I just digressed way hard. Um, But the point of that was was if these meds would work in the opposite effect, that'd be great. So far, they haven't. But (laughs) a girl can dream. Um, Or I get pregnant and then maybe my hormones, like, level. <laughs> that would be really cool. But anywho, um if you if you don't follow what is it? My Instagram, uh you missed my randomly decided quick remodel. <laughs> uh I mean, I had thought about it before, but I had never decided fully until Monday and I was like, "Fuck it. Let's do this." And a bunch of, I asked on Instagram and people were like, "Do it now." Like And I figured I might as well move furniture while I can lift things before they tell me not to lift anything, which is about in two weeks. They're going to be like, no working out, no lifting things. You're going to take it easy for a while. Cool. So I have a dining room that I don't use. Uh, We've eaten at the table like, I don't know, me and the fam, like a total of 10 times in four years. One of them being one Christmas dinner. The rest like usually just... I think a meal when they were all here, a few meals when like my brother and Lim lived in down the street. So yeah, not a lot. Um, and so I basically got rid of it. Um, I need to sell the table and chairs. So your local hit me up. Um, but I made the dining room my new office. I moved everything, well, most of everything down here. So I have my desk now and everything's set up here and it's, so cute um i do still kind of want to get a little thing in this one area because i think i'm gonna move my coffee maker from my kitchen to over here um just the way that way a gives me more counter space in the kitchen and also then coffee's over here which i feel like is very on brand and vibe with the office and working and lots of coffee um (laughs) but the old office is currently a disaster which will be the tiny babes room um but that's my next project um for now too, I'll probably, I might want to go through and like organize closets and things and even the spare bedroom closet and just like get shit figured out. Um, because obviously I have storage of like metal marbles stuff here and like the jewelry that I have in my house and whatnot. So I still need to do that. Um, but that way when I'm pregnant, there's not a lot of lifting. Like there's a desk up there, but it's not super heavy anyways. But also at that point I could get help. Um, I'm keeping the, the chair and table I had up there, up there. It's going to be part of the babe's room. Uh, but yeah. And when it comes time for like cribs and shit, like I'm obviously just going to get help. (laughs) Might even pay someone to put it together. Um, or like maybe that'll be a project with my parents because that would be cute. But either way, I'm fucking excited because now I have a space that I can nest in. Like I, for a while, I thought I maybe wasn't or like it was going to be like half the room. Like I can move the desk over and do whatever and I could put the crib in there and it could be like a co-space. And I was like, meh. Now I'm like really excited because I feel like it's like, you know, it's legit babe's room. Um, Although the tiny babe will sleep next to me for a while in a bassinet until they outgrow that. Um, But that way they're in my room. Obviously, it's easier I'm a freak and I don't think I'm going to want them away from me that far. Like when they're that tiny I mean, for a while, obviously I'm pretty positive. My mom will be here. So like 
obviously she can come in, feed, take care of whatever the, the babe too. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, the crib thing will obviously come a little bit later, but at least there'll be a space, which I love. Um, but yeah, so now we're in the FUT phase, which is the frozen embryo transfer cycle, um, which is so damn exciting. Uh, and everyone is always confused by IVF. <laughs> Trust me, I am doing it and I'm always confused by IVF. Literally, just talking to my two friends that go to the same clinic that I've met through the clinic, literally, our protocols are different. There's like different things happening and we're like, what the fuck? Well, that's weird because I'm not doing that, but you are. And like all of it is just so weird. Um, so I put it out there that I wanted to answer a couple questions you babes had. And by all means, like if you ever have any more, DM me. Um, I will forever do any more um episodes if i can to ask answer anything literally about anything but especially ivf because it is so fucking confusing um and yeah so i wanted to answer those um what is there one two three four five six seven eight there's eight um and so yeah at least doing that maybe it'll answer a question that you had some of them are a bit involved of an answer because it's IVF. It's a bit involved. <laughs> um, but I'm going to first start. I'm going to start with this one first, which like, I, I love this question. Um, and they asked, what is the best way to support someone going through fertility issues treatment IVF? Love this. I think this was from Jules. Um, honestly, I love it. It means a lot that anybody would ask. Um, I feel like it's a simple answer that can be rather broad. Like the, overarching answer is just be there for them but that can be like in a range of ways and the the answer like the way i will give you the ways obviously but the answer is literally just be there for them um we're likely stressed uh <laughs> extra emotional tired we're likely bloated um worried about money etc all of those things so this is a non-exhausted list of things that i have loved or would have loved um, the first one, obviously, if they own a business, supporting that is always helpful, especially if it's something sort of like mine where like they're super involved, um, and you know, their, the income solely revolves around that. Like that's a huge, huge, huge thing to do. Um, another one, and I will say that a lot of it circles around money, but that's because in IVF, it's likely the biggest stress that we're thinking about. Um, obviously like it sticking, it working, carrying to like live birth is the big thing. But if the money weren't a stressor, I imagine it would be so much easier. Like <laughs> so much to not have to think about that. And that's not saying that people who have a ton of money that do IVF don't have worries about it or stresses about the process. Cause it is fucking stressful. But the money thing is like a big elephant on your shoulders at all times. Unless you have fucking great insurance, which if you do, I hate you. Um, just kidding. Kind of. Uh, Nevada has shit insurance. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't cover like a damn thing, really. Um, which sucks. So, yeah, if you have one and if it's through your work, like, I literally have looked and possibly like taken on an extra job. And I wish I would have looked earlier because now it doesn't fully make sense. But how, had I looked like start of the year especially like when we were full blown, like, uh, working remotely, like getting hired somewhere that has IVF coverage, like fucking Starbucks is one that pays like for like a lot of IVF, um, working for some of the insurance companies. There's a whole like big old list. Um, so if you know anybody that's about to start or is going to go or is going through, um, the process, encourage them to look into companies that have that like Starbucks and there's a ton of other ones, but, um, it can help relieve so many things. Um, but yeah, so anyways, ways, um, one of them is Venmoing them money for like a meal, uh, 20 bucks, like thinking about you grab dinner, whatever. Like I've had friends do that and it's on it. It's honestly like amazing. Cause you don't, I think like Aaron one day I had posted about something um my photographer you've probably seen her my friend she's amazing takes all my fucking pictures <laughs> puts up with me it's great uh and she like Venmo me for like a meal and like it was the sweetest because it was out of nowhere and it's unexpected and especially it being unexpected I think is 
makes a big difference because you're like, oh, okay, like this person not only like is there for me, like they are thinking about me when we're not having a conversation about all of this, you know? So that is a huge thing. Um, or take them out for a meal. Like we want nothing more than to think about any fucking thing else. Like <laughs> literally it helps that I work so much because my brain is occupied. Um, going to a meal and like catching up on all the things in your life are great. Distraction is fucking key. So yeah. Um, another thing, a spa day together, whether it's just getting your nails done, like literally it's just time away from the meds, the thinking about it, the whatever, and just getting a chance to relax. Like it doesn't have to be a full blown massage and day and whatever, because that's all fucking expensive. I mean, you can, if you want, or you know, if that's your jam or just literally, like I said, getting your nails done. Um, little gestures to like the sending, um, like Venmo. I would also say too, maybe like pay for one of our acupuncture appointments. Um, if they're doing acupuncture, like they're not super expensive, but it's also something that's like most certainly usually not covered by insurance. And it's a little like, it's just, it's a treat. Like we're obviously using it for a medical purpose, but if you're like me, like I fucking love acupuncture. I'm starting it next week again. Um, I did it initially when I was doing my at home, uh, attempts, my at home inseminations. Um, and I loved it. I, an AccuNap is fucking great. Like, they put all these little needles in you, which don't hurt. You're laying there. And especially with the IVF one, they usually put a heat lamp over your uterus. Um, and then some like needles in that area. And like, I just laid there and you like sort of meditate, zone out, whatever in the beginning. And all of a sudden I'm a fucking sleep and I don't wake up until they walk back in the room. And then I'm like, oh fuck, I was sleeping hardcore. And you feel like super rested. And then also like you tend to go home and like you might actually nap at home because it like relaxes the shit out of you. So that could be a nice little treat. Like, Hey, like I heard you're getting acupuncture, blah, blah, blah. Can I pay for your appointment? Whatever the case, maybe their insurance does cover it. And then you don't have to and do another something else. Cute little gesture, whatever. Um, have a movie night together, especially comedy, something where we can laugh. And like I said, distraction, um, do a fun activity together. Like those like paint and sip places or like a craft type thing, though they likely can't drink again distraction is a key. So if you're doing something that involves your brain having to function on something else, that is ideal. Um, and honestly, like one of the biggest things is literally just text and check in. Like that's it. Asking how it's going, how you're doing. It, it's nice to have someone to like bounce things off given obviously people with a partner might have a different experience in this. Um, but for me, like it's nice to have people check in and ask how I'm doing and ask for updates and like want to know what's going on. Um, especially doing this alone. It it's great. So just check in. And like I said, the big, like the umbrella of all of this is honestly just being there for them. Um, it can feel very like polarizing. It can feel very alone, even if you have a partner, um, because people don't see the day in and day out of going through this. Sorry, water. I've been talking a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just be there. Um, the next question was how many shots did I need to prepare, prepare my body? And did I get used to the injections? Um, this varies. So for retrieval is different than transfer. Um, because like for retrieval, you're using a bunch of stems to get your eggs as big and mature as possible. Where for tra transfer, it's a totally different protocol. Though some of the same meds are used, they tend to be used in a different way. Um, so I wrote a list so I could just like kind of give you a rundown. Um, with my, and again, every single person's protocol is different. I literally, my two friends at the same exact clinic, all of our protocols have been completely different. Um, one of them, like the other two have been on way more meds than I have. Um, and one of them has like a real strict, like they are fully manipulating her cycle. Um, where mine is, is more natural. And like my other friends was like more natural, but with a few more meds thrown in because of, I don't know if it was a condition or PCOS or something. And so mine's like a little bit more on the natural side where like basically my body is doing half the work. 
and the meds are just sort of like helping. Um, so for me with the retrieval, I did the gonal F twice a day and men appear twice a day. Um, two of them twice a day. So the nice thing was gonal F and men appear. You can actually mix. So instead of having to do four shots a day, you could actually just do two shots a day, um, with the meds mixed together, which was fucking brilliant. Um, <laughs> The two days before retrieval, I also added another shot called Cetratide, which I think stops you from ovulating naturally. Um, and then the day before you do, or however many hours, whatever, before you do Lupron and HCG. That's what I did, were the trigger shots. Um, and that basically, like, once they stop it from ovulating naturally, it sort of, like, pushes the eggs to, like, release, but not fully come down it's very strange again this is all fucking weird um and then on top of that too there's like pills um i did clomid three times a day and then doxycycline which is an antibiotic that you start around transfer um and the way you do these all like you get a calendar it's all laid out it's a whole thing um it's extensive um for transfer has been a little bit different um i started and this and i'm also going based off of what i did for the mock um because obviously i only have my calendar up until two up until sunday which um like I said, is when I do the gonal F shot. So I only know that I'm taking letrozole, which um, improves the thickness of my lining. And then the gonal F shots, um, which basically stimulate the follicles to like grow, which also helps the lining, all of that. Um, the 161 hours before, I'll do the trigger shot, which likely will be pregnant again. Um, and then I add in endometrin, which is the progesterone suppositories. Very interesting things. Expensive as fuck, I found out. They are $7.50 a pill. Which means it's twenty two, yeah. Was it twenty two fifty? Twenty two fifty a day, just for these fucking things that I put in my vagina. That's expensive, guys. <laughs> um, and then also, like, I basically I I ordered all the drugs that they had sent in just so I have everything. Um, they're gonna add in Lovenox shots. That I think I do, I think Rita said I do until like 11 weeks, which prevents blood clots and miscarriages. So they do that just to like further help it stick and stay. Um, and then prednisone, which is a um, corticosteroid, which reduces um, the cells that try to kill a foreign substance, a.k.a. a fetus. Um, so they do that. The day of the transfer, I take the Valium to relax my uterus per usual the 800 milligrams ibuprofen which is just to help with pain and relax me um and then i also start a z-pack um which again an antibiotic to kind of help like regulate things to make sure there's no infection from the transfer itself and all of that um i'm trying to think if there was anything i think that was all that they sent in that i have for now um I did ask, she said, it's not likely that I'll do the progesterone and oil shots, but that could be added. Um, they'll probably also add um, estrogen at some point, the estradiol, estrad, I think that's what it's called. Um, so that'll probably be added at some point, I think. Um, as far as the shots go, like, I've always been a weirdo about shots in the sense that I don't mind them. I actually prefer them. And I know that's weird. Um, I am also covered in tattoos. I don't know if that has anything to do with it because I've liked shots since before then. Um... But the few times that I've had like debilitating migraines and or the flu, um, I would immediately go to a walk-in clinic and ask for a shot in the ass <laughs> because they just work better and almost immediately. Um, by the 15 minutes that they like watch you, by the end of that, my migraine's like gone. I go home, take a fucking power, like a badass nap, and then I'm better. So most of the shots for IVF are like way different than that. They are tiny ass needles um, that you put in your stomach sometimes they're like a, an actual syringe that you have to like mix. Most of the times it's the pen, which is already like preloaded. You just click to what you need, inject, done. And it's a tiny needle. Um, obviously I will preface this in saying that obviously everyone's journey with meds are so different. Like I have seen some people with like big old bruises across their stomachs. And I feel like a lot of them tend to be thin. And I don't know if that's a thing. Like if it's my fat, or what, but like, I only got one tiny bruise, um, once from one of the tummy shots and it maybe could, I, maybe I just don't bruise easily. Although like sometimes I think I do. Cause like I'll find random bruises <laughs> on my leg and I don't remember hitting anything, but I've seen people with fairly like intense bruising, which is so crazy. 
Um, I will say, however, giving yourself a shot in the ass is pretty difficult. Um, being chunky doesn't really help me out there because you have to twist and spread your skin and make sure you aren't in a vessel and like all of this shit. It's a whole like production. Um, it's difficult, but I have managed obviously. Um, but those ones are huge ass needles. Like they're like 22 gauge, I think. And they're long and like thicker and it, it is a bit daunting and intimidating to be like, holy fuck, I have to stick this in my ass by myself. Um, so I'm a little envious of people who have someone to do this with, especially when it comes to that. Like, it would be so nice to have someone just to prick me in the ass. Like, time saver. I have to go fly out there and stab you. Like, <laughs> please. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I am fine with them. That said, not everybody else is. There are people that literally have panic attacks trying to give themselves these shots. It all varies. But for me, it has been, knock on wood, very easy. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, the next question is one of the things, let's see, a girl I follow on TikTok, not me, somebody else, is, uh, that she often talks about is how to announce your own pregnancy news to someone who is in the middle of a fertility battle. I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, because um, any announcement hurts. It hurts. It is frustrating. And you don't want to be bitter, but listen, struggling with fertility makes you bitter as fuck towards people, especially when it seems like they sneeze and get pregnant. Like, obviously you don't always see someone's behind the scenes, like trying, but there's some where you're like, literally, did you just like, you sneezed, now you're pregnant and what the fuck happened? Like, it makes you bitter. It just does. Between the cost, the stress, the meds, the what you're putting your body through, your mental, like it makes you bitter. Unfortunately, it does. Um, that said, if it were me, um, I'd say a text message before a social media type announcement, please. Um, not a call because that way we can process it on our own, on our own time um, without you being on the phone and us having to like fake, oh my God. And that's not saying we're not excited for you. Like we just have to get over our own mental hurdle first before we can do that. Um, I mean, I literally had a, a rough day. I opened up my Instagram one day to see two friends, the two people I know pregnant at the same time, both announced and it hits you like a ton of bricks. And I literally just like, I threw my phone and I was like, I'm done today. It's nope out. <laughs> um, and you took it, you don't want to be bitter. It's just what happens. But I would say probably a text somewhere like, um, like I know you've been trying to get pregnant and are in this infertility journey. And I just wanted to share this news with you this way that that way, that way you had time to process um, I would also probably throw in like, don't feel inclined to respond right away. Um, if you can't, like, I feel like we all need to be more, uh, aware of mental health with other people. And I think that's a big thing saying like, don't feel inclined to respond right away if you can't, because that gives you that person, it gives a person that space to like figure it, it out, how they feel, have their moment do whatever before they can likely feel the joy of the situation. So you're giving them that like that out to not text back right away, which is great. Um, that's like just any other mental health. Like I know you're having a hard day. I just want to tell you I'm here for you. Don't like you don't have to respond right away. Just know that I'm here. Like fucking changes things. More people need to do that. Anyways, um, you can just say like, you know, we are pregnant and obviously want you as much or as little involved as you can be like, that too, like it's highly likely you'll still be heavily involved, but again, you need time to process. So like, we want you here, but like, we know this is hard for you. Um, and I would say, I know this news can be hard. You know, I feel like acknowledging that while this is a joyous moment for you, it's also a struggle for that person. You know, I saw in a group that somebody was like, her roommates or whatever they're expecting and she just found out she miscarried and she like doesn't want to tell them because she doesn't want to ruin their joy. And I'm like, fuck that. Like we can equally balance joy and 
heartbreak. Like I can be heartbroken for myself, but also have joy in the fact that you're getting this in the moment. Am I going to be jumping up and down? Probably not likely, but like you're allowed to have both. And also I said, you know, you're also then assuming that she doesn't want to be there for you. Like just because she's pregnant and is in this joyous occasion of her life doesn't mean that she can't also understand what you're going through, you know? So I think it's just being there, opening up that like dialogue of like, you don't have to respond right now. I understand this is hard. I just wanted to let you know here before I announce elsewhere and have that, like just lay that groundwork. I think that's, I think that would be what I would do. Just put it out there. Um, <laughs> the next question is hormones from all that go into the process. I know it's different for everyone, but your experience. Um, like I said, I didn't really have the, effects that I've heard. I've definitely cried a little bit more, but I'm already a fucking crier as was explained to you earlier. <laughs> so kind of hard to judge. Um, headaches were a big thing I noticed with, um, the, I think it was the Clomid for sure. Maybe some of the gonolith. I don't know. And at some point you can't take ibuprofen. So that fucking sucks because Tylenol doesn't do shit. Um, what else? Oh, I also heard people have been a major bitch, um, leading like the weeks leading up to retrieval. My friend said that she wanted to like rip her husband's head off daily. Um, it definitely varies, obviously. And I'm very thankful I didn't have that. Maybe, maybe being alone helped that though. Cause like I didn't have someone here to talk to all day that I wanted to kill. So who knows if there was someone around, I might have ripped them off a new a-hole. Well, you know, who would have seen? We don't know. Um, <laughs> um, the next question is how much is the cost? Well, it varies clinic to clinic. Um, there's one popular one that looks to be about like five to 8,000 less than mine. Um, and sometimes drastically less, which seems very odd. Um, and they don't have the greatest rates and a lot, but I know a lot of people go to them. So I don't know if that factors into it. I have no idea. A lot of other people go to other countries. Mexico supposedly has a great clinic that's drastically cheaper. Some people have also ordered meds overseas, but that freaks me the fuck out. And I have not done that. Um, to date, uh, I'm over $27,000 into this, which literally makes me want to vomit. <sighs> yeah. Now you see why I was mentioning money so hard on how you can be there for your friends. <laughs> Fuck. Um, the next question is if I did genetic testing. Yes, I did. Um, and I'm going to be really really real here. <laughs> not as if I'm not always. Um, I personally think that if you have this science at your fingertips that can save you time, money, stress, etc., do it. Me, I mean, the factor was salsa too, my age, also the, the little amount of embryos I had, like it would be stupid not to. Um, and obviously like not it doesn't save you from all of those things in the sense that like a live birth isn't guaranteed with IVF, but imagine having, this is, this is my thought process. Imagine having eight eggs that fertilize and make it to blastocyst day, which is day five. You transfer one, freeze the rest. Every single one fails. That's eight months, eight plus months of paying so much money for meds and for transfers. That's eight heartbreaking miscarriages and FET failures. That alone is fucking worth it. Like, I would pay anything to save that. Anything. Like, I understand that it's expensive to test. And I've seen a lot of younger people that don't do it and just kind of wing it. And I mean, obviously, if you're naturally having sex, there is no testing. You find out if the kid's normal genetically when you have your, like, amniocentesis thing or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and you have to wait. Or it miscarries and you don't know and then find out it was, it could have, it was an abnormal embryo, you know? I just think, like the cost to do it in the long run is much cheaper. Like it tells you ahead of time if the embryo is normal, like making it far more likely to implant. Also PGS testing actually like raises the chances of it actually implanting like a tiny bit. It's not significant, but it does a little bit. Um, and also if it's something you want to know, like you find out the sex of the embryo, if that's important to you. But to me, the main thing is not only saving the money, but saving the heartbreak of what could happen if you don't test and they're all abnormal like that. Mm -mm. I would, I would literally give my right arm and literally I'll sell you my kidney. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and also, like I said, the sex thing, which I also just found out in this group I'm in that 
uh, finding out the sex. It's called. Uh, do they call it like sex selection? I think is that what they call it. Anyways, finding that out is illegal in Australia and a lot of the UK. How fucking crazy is that? Like, obviously, like in a normal pregnancy, you don't find out until you're like twelve weeks or whatever the fuck it is. Where this. You can't, if you test, you can find out right away. They told me on the phone. The embryo one is normal. It's this. Embryo two is normal. It's this. Embryo three was not normal. Like they tell you all these things, but it's illegal. In Britain, apparently people are allowed to choose the sex of their babies. When I say choose, it's not like you get to be like, oh, make these all a boy. No, it's finding out basically what the, the sex of these embryos are. The only way you're allowed to do that is if there's a good medical reason. Basically, if there is a sex-related genetic defect, like, that runs in your family or something that you, like, you know only happens in boys, so you want to make sure that it's girls, and then that way you could choose if you want to move forward with the boys or not. So fucking weird. <laughs> it's so crazy. Especially to think here that, like, most people, if you test, they find out. So fucking crazy. Um, the next question is, if it painful? What part? <laughs> Um, the shots, like I said, they haven't really been bad for me. They are for some people. Um, the HSG, which tells you if your tubes are working, fucking painful. Like even with the 800 milligrams ibuprofen, I don't think I took Valium that time. I don't know. Fucking painful. The mock transfer, fucking painful. Um, cause she's like scraping around in there and getting the fucking biopsy, like the biopsy of it. And it sucks. Um, the saline ultrasound less than those, but it still sucked. Um, I felt like I was doing more like labored breathing <laughs> in that one. Um, but then it like went away and then she was still like doing her thing and it went away. But where the other ones are like painful the whole time. That part sucked. Um, you also have to get blood drawn at least once a week and prodded with Wanda, the ultrasound machine at least once a week. Those aren't painful, at least for me. Like, I've always been the weirdo to watch them take my blood, and I give blood often prior to IVF. Um, and, like, the other day we were chatting, and I did not even feel the needle. And she goes, did you even feel that? I was like, oh, you're – I didn't even realize you were in there. Nope, because I was. we were just talking, and I didn't feel the needle going. Um, and the ultrasounds don't really hurt, but, I mean, some people have pain with pap smears. So it literally is all dependent on the person. Um, but for me, it's been pretty fine. Um <laughs> The last one is how am I doing mentally and how can you, what? Oh, and how can we, oh, I think there's this type, but how can we support you as a human, not, not just a business owner? Um, as a business owner, I'm stressed as fuck, um, which leads into the personal life since the brand is my only income. So shameless plug. If you can buy from metal marbles, share it with your friends on your social, etc. Anything fucking helps. And I would be so grateful. Um, Money stress aside, like if I literally put that on my brain, great. Like I am feeling very fucking hopeful. Um, literally, other than money, I am not stressed at all. Um, the shit thing obviously is money affects it all. But like when I can put that out of my head, I am super hopeful for this transfer. My doctor is like literally throwing everything she can at this transfer to make it stick. Like that's with the meds and all these extra things we're doing to like help. Like I'm going to be doing the acupuncture. I mean, I love it anyways, but it's like any little thing to help. Um, it's why like right now I don't actually have to sustain from alcohol. Like I can have a drink, but I'm avoiding it anyways, because I just don't want anything to negatively affect it. I'd rather do all the things that can only positively affect it. Um, but I'm feeling super hopeful. And like I said, otherwise I am not stressed. It literally is only the money piece right now. Um, which affects everything. So like I said, if you can support me in the business would be great. Um, even better is the, like the Venmo. I think it's linked in my Instagram. Um, but that's because that just comes to me more obviously the business. I have expenses and things like that, but either way, any support in that realm, um, has to do with financial is fucking fantastic. Sharing the brand on Instagram, sharing the posts, your stories, etc. Anything that you can like Get that out of there. But like I said, other than that, I feel great. I am very, very hopeful. I re When I remodeled my office, I put my gold board up there and I like erased everything because it had been up there for a while because I don't use my office that often upstairs. 
Um, I think because it's upstairs. <laughs> Super weird. But I brought my gold board down here and I like wiped it all out. And the only thing I've put on there so far is get pregnant under 2021 goals. That's it. I obviously will fill in more, but like, that's it. Um, that's the main focus right now. Obviously, like I said, the money piece will help all of it. But yeah, I'm feeling very hopeful. I haven't felt like anxious in a while, which has been really fantastic. My therapist is like therapist. If you didn't hear that, cause I felt like I just mumbled. Um, she's like, you haven't had like a, an episode in a while. I'm like, dude, I haven't, which I don't know how. Cause like, I'm not eating edibles or anything right now. Um, and I feel like I like, I recently lost a friendship that I thought was going to be one of those like forever things, but quickly realized it was super fucking toxic. Um, and so since then, like that stress is gone. Um, I just, I just don't feel like I have anything currently in my life that's like causing me anxiety. Um, and even the money thing, like I'm stressed, but I haven't been anxious about it. It's very weird. Maybe the meds are helping. I don't know. I really don't. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm IVF related. I'm feeling super fucking hopeful. Um, I think this month is my month. Um, I think the timing is right and weird that it is landing like right around my birthday. Um, I turned 35 on the 25th. <laughs> um, I still think it's going to happen like that week though. The approximate is the 28th. I still swear it'll happen between the 21st and the 25th because we did my mock on the 21st and she said four to five weeks after which five weeks is my birthday. So what a birthday celebration to like go into the office and have an embryo put inside me. <laughs> so crazy um but yeah so that's kind of where it is um i will wrap this up because i feel like i have been talking for fucking ever um i also need to eat dinner um but if you have any any questions at all ever send them in my dms if i don't even if i don't answer it right away it'll likely come on a podcast and i will link you to it so there's like a in, in case it's like an involved answer um like today's i felt like we're super involved um and yeah Basically, I will update you when I have more. Um, of course, the most up-to-date things are on my Instagram. Always. I post on the blog as well, but Instagram is like up to the minute. So definitely follow me there at Katie Seller. Um, and yeah, that's about it. That's all I got for you today. But I feel like that was a lot because again, like I said, I think I talked forever. Um, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will update you when I know more and let's make a fucking baby. <laughs> Bye, babes. Thank you so much for listening today. If you loved this episode, I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes so more babes can find me. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a new episode. If you want to stay up to date on this crazy life of mine, you can follow along on Instagram at Katie Seller slide into my DMs with any questions you may have for future episodes. And until next time, later babes.